we're going to talk about uh, the Sabbath today. Well, we're not really going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. You're going to listen. Um, but you can ask me questions when we're done if you want, and then we can talk about it. <clears throat> um, I don't think that Christians generally uh, observe Sabbath in the way God intended. And it's always bothered me. The Puritans kind of went overboard uh, in the colonial era and, and even before that, and they enforced Sabbath, right? They got very legalistic about it, and they enforced it, and they locked people up and banged on doors and stuff and <clears throat> made sure that on Sunday, everyone that was able-bodied and not sick was, was in church. And if you weren't, you got fined, all right? That's overboard. That's not, that's not what God intended either. So let's look at the... Um, the institution of the Sabbath, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And you can go to the next slide there, Ralph. <clears throat> this is the first mention of Sabbath. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it, he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Let's pray. Father, bless this word. Help us, Lord, to grasp your heart for Sabbath, what it means, what it means for the world, what it means for the church, what it means for us as families and as individuals. Make it clear, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is pretty early on in history, wouldn't you say? like the seventh day of creation, pretty early. And that's the day that God instituted the Sabbath. Um, but we didn't do very well. Uh, I don't know how well Adam and Eve did. I mean, they didn't have a lot to rest from, right? What, what were they doing? What kind of work were they doing? Not much. I mean, picking fruit off of trees and, and um, you know, sleeping and resting and playing with the animals and uh, everything was peace, right? It was, it was paradise. It was before sin, before death. So the, the Sabbath was instituted before death even came into the world. Think about that. How, what an important concept it is and what a foundational concept it is. And we don't really spend a lot of time thinking about it at all. I mean, we come to church on Sunday and that's, that's what we think the Sabbath is. Uh, but it's more than that. So after many centuries, uh, God kind of reaches limit. You know, it's interesting to watch when God reaches his limit, like his anger fills up, the cup fills up, and it spills over. And uh, he said, okay, they're not going to do the Sabbath as a gift, because before the Sabbath was a commandment, it was what? It was a gift. It's meant to bless us. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So <clears throat> the Lord blessed us with the Sabbath, but we wouldn't receive the blessing. So he said, okay, now it's a commandment. And on Sinai, he gave us Ten Commandments, and the Sabbath was one of them. And by the way, it's the longest commandment, because it needed a lot of instruction. And I'm not going to read it to you. It's found in Exodus 20, if you want to read that. Next slide. When we are driving a motorcycle at high speed, even a small stone in the road can be a deadly threat. God loves you. And he doesn't want you to burn out. I burned out in ministry, folks. I, I, I did too much. 
I hurt my family in ministry because the church came first and my family came second many times. Not all the time, but many times. I would, you know, someone would call from the church. I would jump up and do whatever they wanted me to do. And I became a slave. And I didn't know how to rest. Um, I still struggle with it. It's still hard for me to rest. Uh, I'm very, uh, when I get up in the morning, I feel like I got shot out of a cannon. I'm, I'm 62 years old. I feel like I'm shot out of a cannon. And for me to just sit and rest and think and deliberate is very hard. So this is true. <clears throat> when you're moving that fast, even something small can really mess you up. And we need to slow down. And so that's part of what we're talking about today. Overwork and avoidance of a Sabbath kind of rest can have a corrosive effect on the human spirit. A corrosive effect. It eats away at you when you don't know how to rest and you push, push, push. It's also a bit of arrogance thinking that we got to keep things going or everything's going to fall apart. <clears throat> Sabbath is the one day where you, where you allow God to keep the world spinning without your help. Uh, for God to keep everything in order, you trust God enough to keep your life in order without you having your handle, your hands firmly on the controls. It's a, it's a, it's a surrender, brother. It's a surrender. We give the day to God and say, Lord, I'm not doing anything today because you are my example. If you could rest, I can rest. But we have adopted the world's pattern of taking days off and having weekends and vacations, haven't we? Church says the same thing. I believe if we would take a proper Sabbath, we probably wouldn't need vacations. Because we'd be getting one every week, a full day of a real vacation every week, instead of bunching them together. And by the way, do you feel rested after vacation? No, you feel pretty bad. Like, boy, I can't wait to get back to work. <clears throat> It'll be easier than doing that. So in Romans, Paul says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But the church many times conforms to the world's patterns and fits into those instead of following God's pattern. So next slide. In God's eyes, the original intention of Sabbath. In God's eyes, an original intention. How does a Sabbath day differ from a day off? Well, a couple of ways. Um, this is what God instituted. Two things about the Sabbath. Really, only two things to remember on the Sabbath. Remember it and keep it holy. And the way the Jews would commemorate that, I would be reminded of that every week, is on Friday night, they would stop everything. And they had, by the way, spent the early part of Friday planning for their Sabbath because it requires preparation. You're not allowed to cook on the Sabbath as a Jew. And so they had to cook ahead of time, right? <clears throat> and they had to prepare. They had to think about it. So now they're spending another half a day thinking about Sabbath. And uh, then they would, they would uh, the, the, the mom of the family would take two candles and light them. And uh, the first one, she would pray over, remember the Sabbath. The second one, keep it holy. So that's what the two candles signify. Remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. Just two things. And, and then 
Sabbath would begin in the evening. Now, we begin Sabbath kind of on Sunday morning, right? And it really isn't a whole day because after, after you know, the sun goes down on, um, on Sunday night, you're, you're doing stuff getting ready for Monday, right? Everyone's getting ready for Monday, making lunches for the kids and getting the clothes ready and laundry and everything. <clears throat> so starting Sabbath, and I think this is what Tim was referring to about your Saturday night event for prayer, Beginning in the evening is really a lot smarter, isn't it? Because now you're, okay, you're going to sleep through your Sabbath. And, um, and then the next day until sundown, you're enjoying your Sabbath, taking a walk, doing whatever you do to find rest and, and rejuvenation and restoration. So I think uh, beginning and making Saturday night an important part um, now, as far as lighting the candles, that wasn't that the Jews would do in church necessarily. They did it in their homes. And this is family life, right? So this is really a message about your family life and how you practice Sabbath. Not how the church practices Sabbath, but how you practice Sabbath. And so the candles would be lit in the house. The goal of Sabbath was not so much rest as it was shalom. Shalom is peace, peace in every way. Another word for shalom is wholeness. So the goal of of Shabbat or Sabbath is for you to be whole. It restores you to wholeness so you can begin another week as a whole person. Isn't that cool? I love that thought. And when Jews would greet each other on the Sabbath, they would say Shabbat Shalom. In other words, may your Sabbath bring you wholeness. I think we hope that vacation is going to bring us whole, whole, is going to bring us wholeness, and it doesn't. It's it just um, it's a great time of feasting and family. It, it's good. It's nothing wrong with vacation. It's not Sabbath though. So I mentioned the. Uh, you can go to the next slide, Ralph. I mentioned the Puritans. The Puritans uh, kind of were one swing of the pendulum, you know, to the legalistic side. Uh, kind of the real severe Jewish pharisaical side <clears throat> where they would enforce Sabbath. They, you're going to have Sabbath whether you wanted to or not. And if you don't, we're going to fine you. We're going to put you in the stocks. And um, kind of along the lines of what the Pharisees had instituted. And um, it wasn't really a good thing. And it kind of led to our blue laws. Many of you remember, you old timers like me, you remember the blue laws? When I was uh, a kid, we would go to church in the morning. My dad would stay home and read the newspaper. My mom would take all of us, five kids, to church. And on the way home, we'd stop at the bagel store because that was the only place that was open. Uh, the supermarket was closed. The drugstore was open for one hour in case you needed a prescription. Um, <clears throat> that was kind of a sacrifice. Uh, but the blue laws required that businesses be closed on Sunday. And that was kind of a, a remnant of the puritanical age uh, in the colonies. But Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. So before the, before the Sabbath was a commandment, it was a gift. And it is intended to be observed and enjoyed as a gift, not as a, something that is instituted and enforced. So what are some things that Christians should be looking at uh, when they think about their own personal Sabbath? Uh, Ralph, if we can go to the next slide. 
I think a very important thing and a very effective thing for us to do would be to unplug. A lot of people talk about how they can unplug. Well, it's hard to unplug now, isn't it? You need it for your work. You need it to communicate with your kids in school. And in so many ways, we need it on a daily basis as part of our life. But maybe a good way to sacrifice regarding Sabbath would be to unplug for Sabbath or at least part of the Sabbath. Does that make sense? Talk about wholeness, right? And restoring your soul. Um, you know, when I left the ministry, I, my goal was to start a business. It's been about a year and a half since I left um, pastoring. I didn't leave the ministry. I left pastoring. And when I left, I was going to start a business as a coach, uh, a, a leadership coach. And I still coach a lot of pastors. That's mostly what I do. That's, that's my ministry now is coaching pastors and writing books. <clears throat> but my, my business failed. Uh, so now I'm a business failure, too. I can put that on my resume. I failed as, a, as a, uh, an entrepreneur. Um, and uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because uh, I, be- I began to look around for, well, what else can I do to make a living? Because I was not ready to go back to pastoring. And a friend of mine uh, offered me a position as a salesman at a mattress store. And I am now a sleep number salesman. So if you need a bed, you, uh, get, you can get my number later. I'll help you out. Um, I absolutely love it, folks. I totally love it. It's a big change for me, um, but it's a blast. And I forget what my point was in telling you that, but there was some kind of a point. Um, <clears throat> so this is one, one thing we can do on Sabbath, okay? Unplug. Um, next slide. I have, a, I have another friend, he's an Orthodox Jew, and I asked him, I quizzed him about Sabbath and what he does on Sabbath as, a, as an Orthodox Jew. And he said he empties his pockets, which kind of is an indication like, okay, I'm going to relinquish control. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything that's necessary. I'm not going to buy anything. I'm not going to go anywhere. This is my day of rest. This is a day I owe to myself to be restored. Next slide. The Jews, the Jewish scholars established 39 major prohibitions for Sabbath uh, because they had to write it down what you could and couldn't do. They had to codify it, if you will. And it involved things like reaping and gathering and threading and tying and slaughtering and skinning and writing and curing and cutting and smoothing. All of things, all of these things were off limits. We were not allowed to do any of those things. They had come up with 1,500 ways that you could break the Sabbath. 1,500 things that you could not do on the Sabbath. I'll give you some examples. These are bizarre. If your, fo- if your ox fell into a ditch on the Sabbath, you could pull them out. But if you fell in, you had to stay in. If you fell into the same ditch, you had to stay there on the Sabbath. That sounds pretty restful, doesn't it? A man could drink vinegar for his dinner, but he couldn't use it to soothe his aching tooth. If a man was bitten by a flea, he had to allow the flea to chew away at will without swatting it. If he tried to capture it, it would be considered hunting, which was illegal. Some even suggested that the only proper way to observe the Sabbath was to lie perfectly still for 24 hours. What a joy. 
Jesus said of these kind of, of regulations that they were straining out gnats and swallowing camels. Straining out gnats, swallowing camels. That's how far they were from the heart of God and the understanding of what Sabbath and other things that God was saying. I love when Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, but I say to you, right? He corrected so much of what they were, what they were teaching, what they believed, because they had God's heart all wrong. And I think sometimes the church has it wrong, too. And we need to reconsider Next slide, please. So how do we rediscover the joy and renewal that is intended by Sabbath? How do we reconcile the tension between enjoying the gift and avoiding the appearance of legalism? Number one, do not impose your Sabbath on somebody else. Okay, and uh, next slide, please. And maybe those scriptures will come up again. All right, there it is. One man regards one day above another. Another regards every day alike. Let each man be fully convinced in his own mind. There's a lot of liberty there, isn't there? A lot of freedom there. I don't know if the next one will come up or not, but there's another one there. It says, therefore, let no one act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. Colossians 2.16. Those are some things to remember when, you know, we may, we may develop our own system of Sabbath that really works for us, and then you think everyone should do it your way. Uh, just recognize there's liberty here. And you do it well, and then share with somebody else. Maybe they'll get excited and they'll want to do it your way too. But we can't impose it on other people or judge other people for how they do it. So I think it's important to have a definite start time for Sabbath. I think that's a smart thing to do. I think it's also effective to have a a symbol or a signal. Um, And that's why I mentioned the candles. That's something we can still do today, right? You can light two candles. Now, what Jews would do is they would let them burn down completely. They wouldn't touch them. They wouldn't blow them out. Just let them burn down completely. And it takes about... You can actually buy Sabbath candles. You can order them online. They're Jewish Sabbath candles, and they take a couple hours to burn down. Another thing we need to do uh, to have an effective Sabbath, I think, is to make some preparations. The Jews did a lot, took a lot of time to prepare a meal so they didn't have to cook on the Sabbath. You know, a crock pot, it's a good time to do a crock pot thing uh, for, for your Sabbath meal. Let me close with a couple of thoughts. Next slide. The Jews were picking on Jesus. They loved to pick on Jesus, didn't they? Followed him around. They would badger him all the time. And um, here he is, you know, raising the dead and healing the sick and casting out demons and teaching unbelievable things that nobody ever heard before. And they're saying, hey, yeah, but you're, you know, your your disciples, they don't wash their hands before they eat. Big deal, right? It was to the Jews. It was to the Jewish scholars. It was a big deal. But that wasn't even something in the Bible. That's something that the rabbis had created. And that's why Jesus said, you honor your traditions more than you do the word of God. And some of that comes into play here, too. 
And so they had they had said, well, you, you can't pluck grain on the Sabbath. That was one of the prohibitions. You can't pluck grain and rub off the the chaff from the grain. And that's what they were doing. They were doing something that, according to the rabbis, was illegal, but it wasn't illegal according to the word of God. It didn't say that in the word of God. The rabbis had taught that. And so Jesus said, you guys are wrong. The Sabbath, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Before it was a command, it was a gift. And they had lost the essence. They had lost the spirit of it. I work with uh, with with someone who's a Christian and he's very he tends to be kind of legalistic. And uh, I'm always reminding him that I follow the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. And the Bible t- teaches us that, doesn't it? But so often people follow this, the letter of the law and they want to use it against you as a as a hammer. But they forget the spirit of the law. What was it intended to say? What was it intended to do in our lives? Next slide, please. So think of the Sabbath this way. We spend six days weaving in a loom, you know, doing our work and getting through life and creating things and um, making money. And that's on the left side there. And that's what we're looking at for six days. We're looking at this mess. It doesn't really even look like anything. So on the Sabbath... We're supposed to turn it over and see what our, our work actually produces and what does it actually look like in when, when you shine God's light on it. What does our work and our life actually look like? What is it producing? What's happening? Look at our children. Look at our work. Look at our relationships. Look at our house. Look around and see, okay, well, what has it produced? Is it something beautiful or is it worse on the other side than it was on the back side? Consider what our life is producing. Take time to ruminate, to talk. One thing that my wife and I do a lot, I love taking personality assessments. How many have ever taken the DISC test? Okay, how about um, like a spiritual gifts test? A lot of you have probably taken spiritual gifts tests. There's Myers-Briggs is another one. Sometimes they require you to do that for work. There's another one called Strength Finders. There's the Enneagram. There's lots of these different tests. So my wife and I like to both take these tests, and then we we can spend a whole day just talking about the results and how, um, how okay, you are that way <clears throat> because of the way God made you. Okay, not because you're just trying to irritate me. I mean, in relationships, sometimes we think the other person is just trying to irritate us, right? No, it's the way God made them. And they they act that way because that's the way they're made. That's the way they think. You're not going to change that by trying to force them into some other mold. They are what they are. And uh, I think Sabbath kind of leaves a lot of room for that kind of thing. Last slide. So this, this is a good. This is actually your verse for the week, I believe. Um, I think it was. Maybe it was a different one. But, but this is a good one. If not, it's found in Hebrews 4, verses 8 through 11. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. 
For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Ultimately, Jesus is the one that gives us rest, right? And we celebrate that on Sabbath. We celebrate the rest that he gives us. Rest from our sin, rest from our striving. Rest from our works, because our, we think we're going to get close to God because of our works. But then we realize, no, Jesus is what brings me close to God. His sacrifice brings me close to God, not what I do. I, what I do honors God because of what he's done for me. But that's not where my salvation lies in my good works. My salvation lies in what Christ has done for me. Let's close in prayer. It's my hope that you have been given an opportunity this morning to to reconsider maybe what you think about Sabbath and maybe to expand your view uh, of how God wants uh, to bless you in your observance of Sabbath. So, Father, we thank you for your word that brings us back again uh, to the true meaning of things and how, Lord, we can honor you and, Lord, also be blessed at the same time by observing Sabbath in the right ways. Lord, I thank you for this church and their striving for that which is pure and good and whole and holy. We pray your continued blessing, Lord, upon family life of Penns Valley and and Pastor K.R. and his family and this whole church family. We pray that they would expand, Lord, that they would have great influence, that they would win Uh, Hungry hearts to Christ, Lord, all over this valley. You're such a good God, Lord, and we thank you for this. We thank you for the law, but we thank you also, Lord, for the spirit of the law, uh, which is really your heart. Uh, We seek today, Lord, to know your heart through your word. And, Lord, to receive the blessing of Sabbath and the wholeness that comes from its observance. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.